ओम श्री साई राम प्रशांति संदेश क्वेश्चन एंड आंसर सेशन वेलकम्स यू वेल समी वॉन्टेड मी टू कॉमेंट ऑन दिस थैंक यू वी ऑफन से थैंक यू वॉट इज देयर टू कॉमेंट अपॉन बट येट since the question has come forward let me try to answer to the extent possible <clears throat> the spirit of thank you lies within thank you is not only words it is a gratefulness felt by every fiber of your being it is gratitude that's why you suddenly feel weightless all the burdens of the mind worries tensions disappear you feel as if you can float into the sky like a cloud you have stumbled on a technique without knowing that it is a technique it is a tibetan method it has been used for at least 2000 years in a tibetan monastery will be surprised if you visit every lama whenever he comes across the master during the day working in the field working in the garden he simply bows down puts his head on the master's feet and says thank you master that is inside that's not really in words it is a feeling a thankfulness sometimes it happens that in a day the disciple may come across the master a dozen times a dozen times he will do the same and slowly slowly he becomes aware that those moments are the most precious he starts seeking the master then the master says to such disciples now there is no need actually to touch my feet wherever you are just bow down in my direction with the same feeling of gratefulness and you will have the same experience and this is a new discovery at first they were thinking that something is happening because of the master now they know something happening because of themselves the whole focus has changed the moment they discover that it is their own gratefulness then the master says now don't bother about the direction all directions are the same bow down bow down in any direction just remember the feeling and they are surprised is not even the direction of the master all directions are the same and finally the master says there's no need of bowing down every time unnecessarily it's only a question of feeling standing sitting sleeping in any posture of the body if you can feel gratefulness you will feel that weightlessness
the silence and the immense sweetness all over your being. You have found some method on your own. Rejoice. Enjoy. Enjoy it more and more. So slowly, slowly, there is no need to say it at a specific moments. It becomes just your very life, sitting, walking, doing a thousand and one things. But the gratefulness remains inside. It is not gratefulness towards someone in particular. The master is just an excuse. Just for the beginners it is good because without an excuse they'll feel a little awkward. Standing in an empty room and saying thank you will look a little awkward. So it is just for the beginners that the master becomes an excuse. Although they're touching the feet of the master and saying thank you master. You are saying it in an empty room. The master is an emptiness. Use it more and more, so slowly it becomes a natural phenomenon like breathing and it will bring tremendous experience to you. Well, that's what all I can say on this. Thank you. Then the next question is this. How how to look at a disciple? How does a disciple, how does he look like? How to describe him? Describe him? Yes. I can say that to be a disciple is so beautiful, so beautiful. It's a little complex. You'll have to be very attentive to understand it. The master can say, I am your friend. The disciple cannot say it. The disciple will say, no, you are my master. But there are people who are disciples unwillingly. They would rather be masters. In fact, they have accepted being a disciple as a bridge so that one day they can become masters. But their goal is to be a master. So when I declare that I am your friend, these people who are unwillingly disciples were immensely happy and the real disciples were shocked. Well, a disciple may say, no, don't say such things. I cannot conceive myself as being your friend, master, no. Just to be your disciple is too much for me. And this was happening to many. The authentic disciples were shocked. The phony disciples enjoyed it very much. In fact, they wanted They wanted it and they were waiting for it because they want to be masters someday. When the master declared that he is your friend, well, they are glad about it. So, if the master is to tell them, I am your disciple, you are the master, they would have rejoiced even more. They want their master to say that he is the disciple. 
That's what they really want. Because to be a disciple means to drop your ego. And the most difficult thing, so people at the most hide it. Instead of dropping, they simply hide it. And whenever there is a chance, it comes up again. If the master says, I'm holier than you, he is not a master. He is simply in the same ego trip which you are in. He is a politician, not a religious man. A religious man cannot conceive himself as holier or higher. The religious man has simply disappeared. There is nothing but pure emptiness. It cannot be compared. The real master can only say, I am your friend. Just to hold your hand, to pull you out of your own darkness, to bring you on the path. The real disciple, even though he becomes enlightened, remains a disciple. Well, it is said about Mahakashyap, the first patriarch of the great tradition of Zen Buddhism. He was a disciple of Gautam Buddha and when he became enlightened, Buddha sent him to wander, to go to those who are thirsty, who are indeed in need. Spread the word, share what we have gained. But Mahakashyap said, you tricked me. If you had said it before, that after enlightenment, I would have to leave you. See this. I would have left enlightenment because enlightenment is my nature. I can attain it any time I want. But this is your last life and you will not find these feet again. For enlightenment, the whole eternity is there. But once you disappear, then there is no way to find you. Where am I going to see you? To hear you? To touch you? You tricked me badly. Gautam Buddha said, but I have to do it. I cannot reach every thirsty person. You are my hands. You are my eyes. You are my being. Go. I'll be with you. The disciple Mahakashyap said, with one condition, that you will not die without me. I have to be present. Secondly, I have to be kept informed of which direction you are moving in so that every day I can bow down in that direction. Although you will be far away, I will not be able to see you. Perhaps you may be able to see me. And it does not matter whether I see you or not. What matters is that you have not forgotten me. It does not matter whether you are in my eyes or not. What matters is that I am in your eyes. Give me these two promises and I will go. Buddha said, you are asking strange things because it will be difficult to keep you completely informed every day of where I am, where I am going. Secondly, about death 
to promise you that I will die. Only when you are present, I'll have to make certain arrangements with the death too. That death has to wait. You are putting me in a strange business. I have never asked anybody anything. And now you are forcing me to ask death. Wait a little. Let Mahakashyap come. But Mahakashyap was very adamant. He said, then I am not going. He went because Buddha promised him, but it was a trouble. Every day he had to be informed of what direction Buddha was in. And morning and evening he would bow down on the earth, tears of joy in his eyes, just dust in his hands. But he would touch it as if he were touching the feet of Buddha. And people would say to him, Mahakaship, you yourself are now a master. It doesn't seem right for you to behave like a disciple. Mahakaship's answer was, as long as Gautam Buddha is alive, I cannot be the master. I can only be the disciple because to be disciple is so beautiful under the shade of the master. It is so cool. It is so protected. When Buddha dies, of course, I'll be a master. Under the hot sun, there will no longer be any shade over me. Don't prevent me and don't ask this question again and again because you don't understand that being a disciple is not in any way less than being a master. The whole question is of being total. If you are totally a disciple, you have all the glories and all the blessings and all the benedictions that a master has. There's no difference at all. It's a question of totality. And how can I forget even a single moment my gratitude to this man, to this man, Gautam Mutha, without whom I would have been still groping in the dark. He came into my life as a song, as a dance, as a light. He transformed me. He gave me a new birth. He made me eternal. And the day Gautam Buddha died, the first thing was to call Mahakashya. He told his disciples, Ananda, find Mahakashya immediately because I don't know. I don't want to ask death. I have never asked anybody. But this Mahakashya, if he does not come before the sunrise tomorrow, I'll have to ask death to wait. Many followers rushed in all directions to find Mahakashya. He was found. He came in the right time. And Buddha smiled and he said, I knew it that you would not let me down, that you would not force me to ask death to wait. Now death can come. Mahakashyap has come. Buddha died in Mahakashyap's lap. His head was in Mahakashyap's lap. That was a rare phenomenon because Buddha had 10,000 disciples present at that moment. Among those 10,000, at least 100 were enlightened. Why was Mahakashyap chosen? 
the question went round, why has Mahakashyap been chosen? Another disciple by name Sariputta, S-A-R-I-P-U-T-T-A. Another disciple of Gautam Buddha said, he is the only one who has become a master but has not left his discipleship. The remaining 19 persons have become masters and forgotten about discipleship. He is richer, he is a disciple and he is a master. He has much more than anybody else present here. And it is not surprising that Mahakashya became the source of one of the greatest traditions which is still alive, Zen, Buddhism, which has given to the world more enlightened people than anything else. Thank you for your time. We'll meet again.